right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night at High Desert Word Center. How we doing tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. The summer heat is almost behind us. We've almost made it through another one, so thank you, Jesus, for that. Good stuff is on the way for us. Praise God. We're going to have an awesome time tonight. We're going to continue our teaching on healing, and uh, and my dad's got a good word on that, on how to keep your healing. So I'm very excited um, about this topic. We've really been hearing a lot of good things about people growing in this area, all right? Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith together over the United States. Can we stand up together? All right, praise the Lord. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States because we believe that America is coming to Jesus. Who believes that with me tonight? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah, you may be seated. You may be seated. All right, I've got got a lot of announcements. We are getting into the busy time of the year. Summer's over, Labor Day's behind us, and we've got a lot of stuff coming up. So pay attention for a few minutes here. Um, first of all, if you are serving in the Ministry of Helps, I want to keep reminding you, please respond to the email reminders that you get. Click confirm, and uh, that'll help the people on the software end make sure that they know you're going to be there. And we've got a really busy weekend this weekend at HDWC. Ladies, Friday night is the fall kickoff to the women's meeting, all right? So, yes, that is going to be at 6.30 right back here in Victory Hall. Well, it's going to be Italian night, so bring an Italian dish to share. And Mrs. Pastor is going to be talking about how to live a merry life in a Martha world. Oh, Amen. If you're familiar with that Bible story, you know where we're tracking with that. But how to live a merry life in a Martha world. And that's going to be really, really good for you. Also this Sunday is uh, going to be Corey Gaston's last Sunday with us. If you don't know who that is, that's one of our soldiers that has been with us for three years. And uh, he's getting sent to Korea for the next year. And we love him. He's been a great part of our family. So after service, we're going to be having a little reception for Corey um, with uh, some cookies and punch and stuff like that. And we encourage you, you know, give him a card or something, something that he can read while he's over there, maybe feeling lonely, and he can remember that he's got church family here that loves him, who think you could do that for us this weekend. Amen? So be here. And on top of all that, uh, this Sunday is when our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen, are going to be here with us, all right? For the very first time, they'll be here with us in Barstow. They're from Peru and Honduras. They've got, they work in both countries. And as I said, these guys are the real deal. They are hardcore. They are not staying in the Marriott down there. <laughs> they are on the river. They're, I mean, they are intense. And so be here Sunday to hear what they have to say. And I promise you, you're not going to regret it. They'll be here both services, I believe. So Sunday morning and Sunday night. And also, 
Financial Peace University starts this coming Monday at 6 o'clock in Victory Hall. So I really encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, that You can sign up at hdwc.org slash fpu. And uh, child care is available. If you need child care, we're doing $2 per child just to help our, uh, our babysitters, our child care people. Bless them a little bit, all right? So sign up if you haven't signed up. Now I've got a couple of sign-up sheets to pass around, and you're like, why do you still do this? I do this because you guys actually sign up when I pass it in front of your face, all right? So uh, the first one here, this is for water baptisms. This is going to be on Sunday, September 19th, Water Baptism Sunday, and we've got plenty of people signed up, but you need to be baptized. If you have never been baptized, you need to be baptized. Jesus told you, and he told us to go out and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So be baptized if you haven't been, and also... We finally have a date for membership class. Got a lot of new people that want to uh, become members of the church. And it's a great thing to become a member. You get to say, hey, you know what? We're going to put down roots here. This is going to be our church family. And it's a commitment where you say, you know what? We're in this thing with you. And then that also opens up the opportunity if you want to serve within the church and put your gifts from the Lord to good use, then you can start doing that. So here's a sign-up sheet for this. It's going to be on Sunday night. October 3rd from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. That way we will have child care with the nursery and everything for you. So um, go ahead and sign up uh, for that and uh, become a member and be part of the family. All right. So I'll be teaching that class. Now, the last announcement, I feel like an auctioneer, man. I am just rattling these things off. Fall time is so busy. Here's the last one. If you weren't here Sunday, then you need to hear this, that we will be doing a Harvest Fest this year, all right? Yes. Now, it is going to be a scaled-down version once again. Uh, we aren't going to be doing the massive outreach that it is at times. If you've been here very long, you know that that's our main thing of the year. 3,000 people, sometimes more out here, but we're not doing that um, this year. It's going to be not more so much of an outreach, but more of an in-reach to kind of bless our own kids, and they can bring some friends and stuff like that, but we just know that as unpredictable as the rules and the laws of the world are right now, it's very hard to plan an event that's going to cost you thousands of dollars and then at the last minute they say hey you can't do something like that now we do know they cannot tell us that we can't have church anymore uh they can't do that the supreme court told them no and we said hey no we're going to do it anyway but they probably could say you can't have five thousand people get together and and that's not a church service so we're gonna we're just planning ahead and my prayer is that by 2022 we'll be able to have the big event with thousands of people again who thinks that sounds awesome all right very good so we will be having a candy bin at the door here in the next week or so. I went and bought some candy today for it. We're going to fill it up. And I just say, let's just absolutely bless our High Desert Word Center kids and their friends. How's that sound? We will give them the most candy. Parents, you will hate us for months to come because we will stuff their little faces full of candy. Amen? Just don't do it to my kids, all right? You reap what you sow. Don't do it to my kids. All right. Don't do it to me. Don't do it. All right. Well, I think I got through all those. So... Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. And God loves a cheerful giver. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles tonight to John chapter 14. Amen. Do I have any cheerful givers in the house tonight? 
Is there anybody in here that you are just glad that God has given you resources that you can bless other people with? Amen. I'm grateful that I can be a giver. You know, the Acts chapter 20 verse 35 tells us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So here we are in John chapter 14, and we're going to look here at verse 15 in the NLT. Now, Jesus said this, and these words always just kind of get right to me. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Well, what is his commandments? I know the New Testament doesn't have thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou, but the commandments of Jesus are the words of Jesus, the word of God. That's his commandments. And so there's a lot of things we do if we love Jesus, but I'm telling you this, you can't really say you love Jesus if you don't obey anything that he says to do, right? And in fact, Jesus put it this way later on in the Gospels. He said, why do you even call me Lord if you don't do anything that I say? And so this would apply to every area of the word, not just giving, but I'm telling you right now, it does not exclude giving. If we love Jesus, we obey the word of God to the best of our ability and the best that we can. And when he said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, I'm going to obey that. When he said, give and it shall be given unto you, I'm going to obey that because I love Jesus, man. And I've decided that if there's anybody that I want to please in life, it's Jesus. Amen. I don't like to offend anybody, but if I'm going to offend somebody, I'm not going to pick Jesus. I'm going to have to pick somebody else. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. God is good. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithe and our offering. And I encourage you to don't just let this be a habit. We need to speak these words in faith because when we speak words in faith, mountains move. If you're having financial struggles and difficulties, man, I would be speaking these words as I brought my tithe and my offering to the Lord tonight. I would be speaking these words and just watch what he will do when you obey. Amen. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to worship the Lord together.
God of resurrection, the conqueror of death, the ruler over everything, the Lord of lords and King of kings is Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. belong to you forever you will reign highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ, heaven and earth declare all praise. Sing it to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You will reign. Sing Jesus. Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is you give life and you give life 
You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great. your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out Pour out a praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out a praise to you only. Let's just raise our hands and sing. All the earth will shout your will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord, all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great
so grateful for Jesus and the name of Jesus. Lord, you told us that in your name we cast out devils. In your name we lay hands on the sick and they do recover. You said your name's the name that's above every name. And that the name of Jesus, every knee's got to bow and every tongue's got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. And Lord, we're so grateful you gave us power of attorney to use your name over all the works of the enemy, over sickness, disease, addictions, poverty, lack, strife, whatever it is, I know the name of Jesus, spoken for the lips of a believer who has a heart full of faith, will turn any circumstance around. And we thank you tonight as we get into the holy written word of God that we're going to receive revelation knowledge. We're going to receive faith. And Lord, we're going to have what it takes to successfully finish our race and live long and live strong and fulfill your plan and purpose for our life so one day we can stand in front of you and hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. We thank you, Lord, for an awesome, awesome time in the Word tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five, uh, praise to the Lord, whatever you want to do. But we're going to help you tonight. Pastor Dave has been teaching on healing for the last several weeks on Wednesday night. And uh, so tonight I'm going to pick up that from that foundation that he's been laying, things he's been speaking. And uh, I'm coming tonight from the perspective that many of you have either received healing sometime in your life, maybe recently with your own faith, or with somebody else's faith. And so it doesn't make any difference. If you've received healing, then you know what we're talking about. And from the Word of God, has been taught here for a long time. I don't know how long you've been coming. But anyway, we've laid a lot of healing uh, scriptures out here many times for people to get a hold of. So I've come from the perspective that you know it. And if you don't know it yet, then you're going to get blessed tonight anyway. But anyway, tonight I'm going to be teaching on how to keep your healing. And, uh, you know, the things I teach, it's like everything else in life. It depends on what you do with the information you get or what results you get. You know, I think about the FPU, Financial Peace University. I know that Joshua's taught this for years. We've all we've all went through these classes and pretty much have been here for a while. And it's, it's uh, proven principles based upon the Bible that teach at FPU. I've seen people come and do what they teach at FPU and totally get out of debt, get ahead, end up buying, buying houses, paying cash for cars, and be able to be givers, get ahead in life. I saw some people come, and they kind of like, like the man that, uh, you know, you hear about some people make things happen, some people watch things happen, and some people go, do what happened. And so FPU, you know, if people don't do what's taught, then... They still go into debt, go into debt, go into debt. Everything's charge cards and credit and try to figure out how to get the best interest rate and then use the charge card to pay off a charge card, then use the card to pay off a card, and somebody always knocking on the door, but it's because they didn't do what they heard. 
Well, concerning divine healing, it's the same way. And so I, I want to say something. Have you, has anybody ever heard the expression that, that some denominations believe once saved, always saved? Well, we know, we know the Bible is not once saved, always saved. It's once saved if you choose to stay saved by walking with Jesus and doing what he tells you to do. Because you can lose, you can lose your salvation if you choose to live like the world still and go back the other direction. Well, it's not once healed, always healed. If you do what you did to get healed, you can keep your healing. But if you don't know what to do, then you can lose it. And so we want to teach an island how to keep your healing. Once you get it, what to do to keep it. Somebody said amen or oh me. Okay, I want to show you a couple books in the bookstore. This is really important. This is a book by Charles Capps. And Charles Capps, when he was alive, he was, he, was the, he was the teaching on what you say guru. He was the man that I listened, I listened to him before he went to heaven, teach faith on uh, confession for what you say for 30, 35 years before, before he moved to heaven. He was one of my Bible school teachers back in 1981. And this book here is, is a Scripture Confessions on Healing. It's called God's Creative Power for Healing. And that's a book that you need in your library if you're serious about getting healing into your spirit. And then here's another book by Brother Hagen called How to Keep Your Healing. How to Keep Your Healing. And, and books like this I fed off of four decades ago. They're in my library still. I still got old copies of all these things. And on occasion I pull them out and I read them again because it's, I like to be refreshed. I like to hear these things over and over again, but I'm just telling you, uh, in the times we live in especially, you know, what difference does it make if the devil comes up with some new disease? The word hasn't changed. The same word of God that will, will heal, heal, heal a bellyache or a headache or an infected finger from a splinter is the exact same word that heals cancer. I'm living proof. It's a, it's a very same word that heals 99% blockage of your coronary artery. I'm living proof. But I started off as a new Christian, went to a church like this. My pastor taught healing real seriously. I listened to it. I fed on the Word of God. I brought my notebook every service. I brought my Bible. And back then, we still used Bibles. You know, now you got everything else which is okay, I guess, but I love to use a real Bible to put yellow through it, put red stars around verses, to underline it, and when I hear, hear a teacher, my pastor or a teacher, say something that jumps off of me, they'll say a one-liner. Well, beside that verse, I like to write that one-liner. And it reminds me, anyway, I like, I like a real Bible. So my pastor taught these things, and then we didn't have all the tapes and definitely didn't have internet. So I drove a truck, and every morning time, I had a routine. When I got my truck and took off my route, I listened to Brother Copeland at 7.30. I listened to Charles Capps at 8 o'clock. These guys all came on the radio at 9.30. No matter what I was doing, I made sure my truck was sitting still somewhere so I could hear Brother Hagen. He, ta he taught, a, he taught a, 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 a program, a class called Faith Seminar on the Air. Faith Seminar. And that's the kind of stuff they got me hooked up strong in healing. Uh, whatever Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen would come in Indianapolis, I would make sure I had time off of my job 
pre-planned out because I've gone to the Copeland Convention. I've gone to the Brother Hagin Seminar. And I tell you what, it has paid off richly in my life, the things I got off these guys from the Word of God that I, I now teach as many people as I can. Pastor Dave, you know the testimony, three and a half years old, crippled with leukemia. Two weeks later, totally healed. Walking, leaping, praising God. The uh, hospital, children's hospital, checked him out for what, 20 years? Around 20, 20 more years. He had to go in every year for tests and checking things out. All he ever had was perfect healing. Well, the word of God. But we did have to get the devil off at least once to try to bring it back on him. And we said, no, devil, you're not doing it. We knew what to do. And so, you know, I just want to say for everyone sitting here tonight, for the ones that are watching us on the internet, brothers, today, in 2021 or in the future sometime, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the, the only variable is you. Are you going to stay the same? And by that, I mean this. Are you going to stay hungry for the word of God? Are you going to stay excited about coming to church and listening to faith sermons? Are you going to stay excited that when something tries to attack you, your first thought is not, what's that doctor's number? Did I call 911? Your first thought is, what does the word say? And then as you're acting on the word, if you've got to dial 911, dial 911. But if you're able to speak the word while you're doing what you're doing, speak the word. And then at the same time, if you've got to go to the doctor, make your appointment, get your prescription, whatever you've got to do. But the first prescription should be taken, it should be the word of God. You should have the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. And, you know, I, I was thinking something as I was worshiping the Lord. This is pastor remembers this uh, probably 40 years ago. When my pastor was teaching a service like this, he made this statement. And so I stuck with me. He said, if you're totally dependent on medication and there comes a day they tell you you can't have it anymore because they're going to discontinue it or they tell you you don't qualify to get it, what are you going to do if your life depends on that and you don't know the word of God? Amen. And I'll tell you something, it is very real the times we live in if they can pull the plug on your drugs that you depend on. And when I got diagnosed at the start of 2018 with stage 4 blood cancer, the first thing I did was call for the elders of this church. I said, James 5, 14 and 15 says, if any sick among you, well, I was among us, I said, I'm sick. Now I'm going to call for the elders of the church and I'm going to ask them to anoint me with all the name of the Lord. And then it says, and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. It didn't say the prayer of faith might do something if you're lucky. It said it shall heal the sick. So they prayed the prayer of faith over me and then I told them, don't ever pray for me again. You thank the Lord that you prayed he heard. And because faith reached heaven, faith pleases God, telling power God's working in me. And then the next service, I come into the church here. I stood up here at this pulpit, and I announced to the congregation, I've been diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. But, I like the but. I said, but. I said, I've done what God said to do in James 5, 14. He said, call for the elders of the church. I said, I've called for the elders of the church. They've anointed me with all. They've prayed the prayer of faith. 
He didn't say the oil would heal. That's part of the contact. He said the prayer of faith will heal the sick. He said they prayed it. And so a lot of you guys were here that day. And I looked at you like that. And honest with you at the time, I couldn't hardly stand up. I didn't know my heart had 99% blockage too. But I stood up here and I said, now, I don't want any of you to pray for me. What I want you to do, when you think about me, you just raise your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. My pastor is getting better every day. The prayer of faith has been prayed. He's getting better every day. And then I said this. I said, don't ask me how I feel either. Because if I told you how I feel, it wouldn't be a good confession at all because most of the time through that, I felt like death warmed over because I was. I had probably one and a half feet in the grave for several months, but I didn't go by my feelings. I did what I'm talking about tonight, what Pastor Dave's been teaching. So, you know, what I'm telling you is not something, I'm not going to say it's hard to do because the Word of God's easy to do. But you have to make your flesh shut up. Amen. You have to make your flesh shut up. And the days you don't feel like doing anything, you tell your body what to do. You say the word of God says. And then hopefully you know some scriptures to quote. If you don't know some scriptures to quote, it's like Pastor Dave said about the flood thing. He said it's the wrong time to start shoring up your foundation when the water's already there. The right time to have your foundation right is when there is no flood. And so the best time, that's like that's the reason he got healed when he was three and a half years old. That's the reason I got healed, because we kept our foundation solid. We were built up already on the inside. When that boy went in the hospital, believe me, that wasn't a pleasant sight to have your three and a half year old son all of a sudden couldn't walk. Then the doctors tell you he's got leukemia and things don't look good. But you know what? No fear. Hit the emotions for the first few minutes. Had a couple uh, men of faith with me. And when they come out and told us what David had, it just hit me because it was just a, a gush of fear. And I just went like that. And tears came out of my eyes, not over the disease. It's like when Jesus cried at Lazarus' grave. It wasn't over Lazarus. He knew what he was going to do. It's because the situation of the people around him, he just got shook. Well, what I did then, when they told me the diagnosis in that hospital, I looked at the guys. And I act like I run up my sleeves and said, okay, now we've heard that, now we go to war. And I didn't have to go buy some bullets, I was loaded. So from then on, from then on, the first thing I did, I wasn't a pastor then, took my son to church on Sunday, I called for the elders of the church, and they anointed him in the name of the Lord. Had hands laid on him, and I did for him back in, what was that, 1980. 88, 88, 88, 89, 1988, I did that, and I didn't let anybody pray for him anymore because the prayer of faith had been prayed. Two weeks, two weeks after they begun treatment, it was all whole, healthy blood. And so I'm telling you right now, the things we're teaching, you know, our, our, our church doesn't really teach you any just nice, feel-good sermons. You know, we don't want to get your emotions all started, oh, woo, we're all excited, and then leave here and don't even remember what you heard. We want to show you how to live and not die. Psalms 118 verse 70 says, I'll live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. If you've been diagnosed with something serious, you need to have Psalms 118 verse 17 in your heart and in your mouth. I'll live and not die. It works, doesn't it, Dylan? He's not a cancer survivor. He was healed of cancer by Jesus. Amen. Dave is not a cancer survivor. He was healed by Jesus of cancer. Amen. 
and, and the cancer I had is not in remission. Jesus destroyed the cancer in my body. There's no remission. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you've got to start knowing that in your heart about things you're dealing with because the world looks at things through the eyes of the world. God looks at things through the eyes of the word. When you start seeing through the eyes of the word, you're going to start seeing what God sees. And when you start seeing what God sees and responding accordingly, you're going to get what God says. You want to know what God sees? Read the Bible. Amen. That's what he sees. That's what he says. And so at any rate, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 13. What would you say, Dylan? All right. What would you say, Pastor Dave? <laughs> Anybody else care to chime in? Be excited about the word. You know, I've always, 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 we're going to look at verse 13, but I've always stuck with something that Brother Hagen used to say. And I really know it's so. How many do know that John chapter 1 says Jesus is the Word? He's the living Word. He was made flesh. The written Word was made flesh, the living Word. And so to the degree, now listen to this, a lot of Christians don't really understand this. When you get excited about the Word, you're getting excited about Jesus. And when a man or woman of God called of God, anointed of God, gifted of God, steps up in front of you, and he tells you what the Word of God says, that is the same thing as Jesus talking to you. And so, you know, when I go to a verse like that, and people get excited, what they're saying is, Jesus, I'm excited about you because you're getting ready to talk to me tonight. Amen? And so Luke chapter 4, verse 13. All right. And so this chapter right here, Jesus just re resisted all the temptations the devil threw at him, and after he had successfully resisted, King James says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him forever. No, he didn't, for a season. Now, Amplified Bible says, and uh, do we have it on the screen there? There we go. Amplified Bible says this, And when the devil had ended every complete cycle of temptation, he left him. Now look at this. You've got to know this temporarily, that is, stood off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. Even when Jesus successfully, and by the way, when you read that, the way Jesus resisted the devil and the devil fled was this, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He quoted what the Bible said about what's coming against him. When I had the cancer, my whole thing was, it is written. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I've been prayed for. I'm healed. It is written, devil, 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed, so I am healed. It is written in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, these signs shall follow them that believe in Jesus' name, that lay hands the sick, they shall recover. I'm in the recovery room. I'm in God's recovery room because I had hands laid on me. And so I said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so if you are going to receive from God, you've got to start getting some it is written when the attack comes. And I make a suggestion. A lot of people don't do this, but I, I taught myself this way. I was led this way when I become a new Christian. Every verse I learned, I would first of all quote the address and then the verse. 
I've met so many Christians over the year, I'd say the majority of Christians. They say, you know what, I know verses, but I don't know addresses. Well, what are you going to do in time of emergency if you don't know how to use your kit? You got to know what's in there. And so I just suggest that you develop the habit, if you don't already, if you start learning new verses, first of all, write out the location, then write the verse. And every time you meditate, speak out loud, or quote the verse, always quote that address first. That's why I quote Matthew 8, 16, 17. And that's another great healing, Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. <laughs> you know, I, I just go on and on and on and on. Exodus 15, 26, 23, 25, 26. I mean, just, I go right through the word of God. And it's not that I'm smart, but I put these things in my spirit. And my spirit bypasses my head. They come out of my spirit. But how you put them in is how they come out. I, I got to stick with the program here. But John 14, 26, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything he said unto you. Well, how can he remind you of a verse you've never learned? You're going to be reminded of something you know. And so you have to learn it first so he can remind you of it. And so I praise God that I was able to put him down there like that. So anyway, it says Satan backed off for a season from our opportune and fable time from Jesus. And so listen to this. I taught healing school for a number of years back in Indiana. I've taught healing out here for a long, long time. But Brother Hagin always said, more people, now this is a key right here for you to get, more people lose their healing from their counterattack, from their counterattack, than any other one thing. More people lose their healing from their counterattack than any other one thing. That means for a more opportune time. You know, uh, this not, is this not anybody to raise hands, but if you've ever been delivered from alcohol, then you know the counterattack comes. You know, the world calls it falling off the wagon. God calls it backsliding. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it, if you've been delivered from nicotine, if you've been delivered from any kind of drugs, well, Jesus sets you free. And John 8, 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, shall be free indeed. But the whole thing is, if you're going to stay free, you have to be ready for the counterattack. And you know, I never confessed there was an attack coming. I never confessed a counterattack. Because I know the spiritual things the Bible teaches, I know that if Satan was waiting for a time to try Jesus again, if Jesus wasn't too good not to be attacked, then I'm not too good not to be attacked. And so I know if the Bible tells me Satan was waiting back for a more opportune time to try it again, I know in my life, the things that he's freed me from, i got to be ready for the counterattack. You know, other reason people uh, lose their healing because they get back into sin. Or they choose to back off or whatever. But the thing is, even when you're a strong, good Christian, you're faithful to God, you read your Bible, you pray, you worship, you praise, all the Christian things you know to do, then you got to be ready. Because if he tries to bring that same thing back on you again, you got to know what to do. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. And we're talking about how to keep your healing. How to keep your healing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. 
and uh, you know, I, I, really, I really, you know, my, my highest ideal would be with everybody that sits in a service, had a notebook, had something to write with, had a Bible. But with modern times, with the internet, at least, praise God, you don't have to do what I had to do years ago, man. I had to get my money together, my nickels and dimes and quarters, pay $5 for a cassette tape to be able to hear it again. And, you know, some of those days, I had a choice between $5 for that or $5 for gas to get to work. And so I had to save up my money for tapes back then. And so now, you'd go right on YouTube, Facebook, uh, what's that other thing called? iTunes. And you get these things off for free, so you go back and do that. But I love to take notes while they're live in the service because there's a different anointing on it here when it's live. As God says things to me in services where I write them down at Pastor Pastor Dave's notes, I go through those and even look on them. I mean, he's the one I raised and taught, but now he's got his own gift of God, the way God uses him. And he says things that speak to me all the time because the anointing of Jesus that's on him. So First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 says this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walked about seeking whom he may devour, who resists steadfast in the faith, steadfast in the faith. There's the faith again. We'll talk about that in a minute. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so what he said here is that Satan talk about healing, will bring symptoms back to you. But it says, seeking to be made of our sin, if you get permission from you, put it back on you. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. Satan needs your permission. It says, seeking whom he may. It didn't say who he can. It says who he may. And so when he knocks on your door with symptoms, lies to your mind or whatever he does, it says he's seeking, can I put this back on you? You know, uh, I think about what happened. Pastor Dave had been healed, was healed, and uh, I was working. And uh, anyway, Mrs. Pastor had him up at the hospital for his regular check. Have you been healed for a while? I think for probably a year or two, right? Anyway, for a while. And anyway, I was back home. And I got a call from her at the hospital. said, Dr. So-and-so said that Samples kid's got leukemia again. Well, she was up there, caught her off guard, shook her, caught her off guard, shook her pretty good. And so where I was, there was a woods and there were people around me, so I got out of the house, and I told her that we didn't have all the cell phones and everything. It was really hard to communicate, be able to connect on phones from pay phones to other stuff. I said, I said, just keep your mouth shut. I'm going to pray. So I just walked out to the woods. And all I did is what I've taught you. I just praised God thinking that David had already been healed, that he was healed, he was healed. Thank you, Jesus, he's healed. Satan, keep your hands off my son. You're not bringing leukemia back. He's healed. Well, a little bit later, I was back inside, got my piece all back. She called back on the phone and said the real doctor, our doctor, that was somebody else's doctor. He wasn't even on our case. He just walked past all the papers laying there on the little the ledge thing where they lay papers out. And he just in passing walked past and said, Sample kids got leukemia again. Well, when our doctor came and looked at things, she was all shook up. He said, I don't know why he said that. These numbers don't say that at all. Said he still got perfect blood. There's nothing wrong with him. The devil wanted her, wanted me to go into depression. Start crying. 
said, oh, no, I thought Jesus healed him. I don't know why he's not healed. Oh, no, I don't understand that. We don't deserve this. He just is a little boy. This isn't right. This isn't fair. Oh, this isn't right. The devil is going to bring stuff on you. He would love, he would love to get you to start talking about how unfair it is. How it's not right. We're good Christian people. We go to church. We pray. We read our Bibles. Our pastor says if we bring tithes to the storehouse, well, your pastor doesn't say that the Bible says that. Your pastor tells you what God said. You bring your tithes to God's storehouse, God will rebuke the devourer for you. And, oh, I thought God rebuked the devourer. He did. He needs your faith. Keep your mouth open. And tithing was one of the big things I used when Pastor Dave's healing. I said, Lord, I want to thank you. I remember I knelt down on my knees in that hospital. It was full of all the plugs and the wires and needles and all the stuff going on, blood transfusion, I mean, everything going on. I was on my knees with my Bible open on that bed. Malachi chapter 3. I looked at him. I looked up to heaven. I said, Jesus, you said if I'd be a faithful tither, you'd rebuke the devourer for me. I said, that's my son right there. This really happened just this way. I said, the devil's tried to devour his life. I said, I want to thank you, Jesus, that you're rebuking the devourer. That's amongst all the other things I was doing, but that's where I stood. So I'm telling you right now, no matter how the attack comes, whether it's pain coming back or whatever it is, man, know your doctor and stuff, but your first line of defense, first line of offense, has got to be, what does God say? Amen. And so anyway, he says right here, that uh, he's seeking to be made of our, but then I, I want you to notice something. He says, "Who resists steadfast in the faith, nor in the same afflictions?" Now this is a big phrase right here. Are accomplished in your brethren. He doesn't stop there. Your brethren that are in the world. Well, the Lord told me years ago. There's two kinds of Christians. You can choose which kind you want to be. You don't know, think about this church. A man told me years ago. He said, "Pastor, you know what I like about this church." You take the responsibility off of God, you put it on us. Amen. And so, right now, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He says the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren, not period, but that are in the world. Two kinds of Christians. You could choose to be a in-the-world Christian or an in-the-word Christian. And when the attack comes, if you're a double agent, you're not going to know what to do. What's a double agent? Well, that's the Christians that come to church. They shout, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. They jump and they shout. Then tomorrow, when they're on the job and the cussing jokes are going on, they're right in the middle of it. When the dirty pictures being handed out, the men are looking right at the same dirty pictures they always did before they were Christians. When all the murmuring, complaining, and whining about how mean the boss is, what a stupid company it is, all this and all that murmur, complaining and whining, that they're choosing to go back and live like the world. But when you're an in-the-word Christian, that stuff's going on, you just ignore it. You're there. And while that's going on, you don't join in. And as somebody, I know what always happened to me, I always like to mind my own business, even as a Christian. God opened up doors for witnessing, but when sinners would back me in the corner, well, what do you think? Ain't that right? I try to ignore them. Well, ain't that right? What do you think? And finally, when they got me where I had to talk, I said, okay, no, it's not right. Here's what I think. Here's what God said. And so you guys can do what you want to do, but I'm not joining in. 
because I'm going to follow Jesus. I need Jesus, and so I wouldn't join in, and I tried to stay out of it unless I was forced into it because, I mean, who wants to, even if you're a bold Christian, when you've got a, a dozen people you work with that's all sinners, I mean, you don't want to just stand there and start preaching to them unless God has you do it. And so the thing is, what I'm saying, he said the same afflictions are accomplished, are accomplished. That means whatever it is, the attack is, and we're talking about healing, right? Whatever it is, says they're accomplished in your brethren that are worldly, carnal Christians. I know the modern translations say different, says they're experienced by whatever, something like that in the modern translations. But I like the King James where he says that they're accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so when the Lord told me years ago, two kinds, in the world or in the word, I chose I would not be in the world and be in the word. Amen. You know why? I like victory. I like my family blessed. I like healing. I like my needs met. I like to go to sleep and not be depressed. I like not be controlled by fear. I like faith to work in my life. But then notice where he says, now listen to this, look at this. says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. You resist steadfast in the faith. And the, the, the Greek literally says steadfast, steadfast with your own faith, with your own faith. And keep, keep this in mind. I always like to teach there's three components of faith the way I like to see it. It says, number one, how does faith come? Hearing what? So if you're going to resist steadfast in the faith, that means you're going to resist steadfast in sitting under the word of God and hearing the word of God. Because if you're not sitting under the word of God and hearing it consistently, you're not steadfast. And there's no way, there's no way you can resist the counterattack if you're not steadfast in the faith. So number one component, hearing the word. Number two, Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said the faith works by you have what you say. You speak to the mountain, be removed, cast to the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but you believe. Now listen to this. You believe, that means faith. Faith is what you believe. You believe those things you sayeth will come to pass. Have whatsoever you sayeth. And so if you resist the steadfast in the faith, you're hearing the word, you're speaking the word, you're resisting steadfast by speaking the word, what God says. And then the number three component is James 1.22. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. And so if you're going to be a serious resistor, you know, you think about resisting the rest. If somebody's resisting arrest, they're not just staying back and saying nothing. They're putting up a fight. They, they're going to do something trying to keep those handcuffs off. They're going to do something not to go to jail. They don't want to go to jail. They're serious resistors. Well, the devil's trying to put you in jail. How many of you know the sickness and disease is a prison? It binds you, it chains you, it stops you, it hinders you, it limits you. And so if you're going to resist steadfast, then you go up your mouth and say, No, devil, in the name of Jesus. You're not putting this on me. First Peter 2.24 says I was already healed. Matthew 8.17 says Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Matthew 18, 18, Jesus said, what I bind on earth is bound in heaven. I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Keep that disease away from me, off my family. In Jesus' name, you're not going to do it, devil. Amen. You said I'm saying? If you're going to resist, you've got to get aggressive. Amen. Is anybody getting excited about this tonight? Amen. We're, we're talking about how to keep your healing. That's so anyway, you've got to resist steadfast in the faith. And so when you're serious student of the word then you recognize the counterattack 
I want to say that again. If you're a serious student of the word, you recognize the counterattack. You know how to use your faith to resist it and keep your healing. Look at John chapter 8. Look at John chapter 8. You know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. So I can tell you the way I, the way I operate in things. Because I know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, just as surely as I breathe, as I eat, as I function, just as surely as I know that 2 plus 2 is 4, 4 plus 4 is 8, I know that by his stripes I was healed. He took my infirmities to bear my sicknesses. So at the first sign of a headache, pretty much all my Christian life, I have immediately said, no, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I don't receive headaches from you. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing the powers of my hands, and I'm healed. At the first sign of a sniffle, a sore throat, a bellyache, and if I've ate something stupid, first thing I do is obey the Bible. I say, Jesus, forgive me. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, Lord. I'm, oh, at first job one night says, if I confess, you're faithful, just forgive. Lord, I receive my forgiveness. Now I receive my healing, Lord. Thank you for healing and so I'm telling you right now, you've got to, you've got to recognize the tax when they come. And you need to nip it in the bud as soon as something starts, man. Take care of it. Amen. And so John 8, 31 and 32 says this. This said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word. That's what I said a while ago. Man, stay hungry for the Word. Stay in love with the Word. Stay stay hungry to get to church to hear the Word of God taught and expect the Word of God to speak to you when you get here. said, then you're my disciples indeed. And because you've continued in my Word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Now hold your place and look at John 17, 17. And this is a, this is a verse you need to know. Actually, all of them, but this is really a key verse for your spiritual health. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, God's word is the truth. Now with that in mind, go back to John chapter 8, verse 31. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth because you know the word. And the truth or the word, they're interchangeable. And the word you know shall make you free. So he says, you continue my word, you'll know the truth because you know the word. And so I want to say this. I know that, you know, a lot of, even I know politicians like to say, the truth will make you free. Jesus did not say that. He said, the word will make you free. There's a lot of things that are natural facts, but not the truth. The Word of God's the truth. It was a fact I was diagnosed with stage 4 blood cancer. That was a fact. But the truth called for the elders of the church to prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so the truth changed the facts. If you continue in my truth, continue my word, so in other words, it's the word you know that makes you free because God said his word, his truth are one and the same. And so if you all remember, 
I kept telling you, as, as I was more and more into all that chemotherapy and stuff, they kept looking at blood all the time. I said, pretty soon, they're going to look at the microscope, and they're going to say, what's a 1 Peter 2.24? I said, they're going to keep saying 1 Peter 2.24, the blood work. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus' stripes, Bertie Samples was healed. Does anybody remember when I used to say that? Well, you know what? There come a day, they looked in there, and they said, Normal, 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 normal. You know why that happened? Because I continued in the truth. And the truth that I knew, the word that I knew, it made me free. And so you must continue in the truth. And so you've got you to read healing. You've got to speak healing. You've got to act on what you've heard. And I, I want to close all in one place, the book of James. And this is showing you how to put into practice everything that Jesus had me talk tonight. And you know, because I'm teaching the Word of God, that I can safely say, because Jesus and His Word are one and the same, if Jesus Himself were in here tonight, and how many know that Jesus was anointed of the Spirit? And He had the Spirit. He worked with the Spirit. Well, that same anointing, there's no different anointing, different spirit now. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus. This word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So as I'm teaching the word of God tonight, for people sitting in here wanting answers, the ones watching are wanting answers, this is the same thing as Jesus talking to you. I'm his messenger. I'm not Jesus. I'm his messenger, but I've got the same spirit. I've got the same words that he spoke. So I'm relaying to you what Jesus said. And so the things you said tonight are all scriptural. They're all Bible. But I want you to notice in James chapter 1, verse 22, he said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He said a lot of good things tonight, totally scriptural, totally Bible. But if you've been healed, either by your faith, somebody else's faith, or God just miraculously healed you, and you know you've been healed, doctors maybe confirmed you've been healed, you know that the pains have been gone, symptoms been gone, and all of a sudden things are coming back. It's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and do that gets results. You can know all these things, but if all you do is let things come back on you, and then you violate the law of confession, start saying, oh no, what happened? It's back. This is worse than it ever was. Well, Satan comes knocking on your door seeking, can I devour you? Yeah, don't open your mouth and say, no, devil. You can't resist thoughts with thoughts. You got to resist thoughts with words. You got to speak them out. That's why it's called the sword of the spirit. And so look at James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and what? He'll flee from you. That's the second time we've heard that. Submit yourselves to God. The number one way, when you know the principles of God's word, the number one way you submit to God is submitting to his word. When you say, Lord, I know this is what's going on in my life, but your word says, that's the Lord. And you know, it works in every area. You know, the tithe is easy to think about. Lord, things look impossible. But your word says, bring the tithe to the storehouse. But your word says, avoid the appearance of evil. But your word says, 
turned the other cheek. But your word says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So I choose to agree with your word, Lord. That's how you submit to God. You submit to his word, and then you say, Satan, I've submitted to God because I've submitted to his word. He says I'm healed, and then Jesus said in John 8, 44, that you're a liar, or the father of lies, so Satan right now, I'm telling you, take your lying symptoms, take your pains, take your hurts, get away from me now in the name of Jesus, and then just whatever you got to do, raise your hands. If your hands hurt, open your mouth. And do something to start praising God and thanking him that his word's working. And then verse 17, this is the last verse. Therefore to him that knoweth do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. And so you've been taught some things tonight again that uh, tagged right off what Pastor Day's been teaching. And so now you know what to do. And so, you know, I can't already believe the Lord was having us teach a sermon like this if somebody weren't being attacked again. And so, if the counterattack has been back on you, you know what to do to tell to get off and then you do it. And so, I'll just say this, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You've been warned. If things try to come back, now you're armed. You know what to do. You don't have to put up with it. So, if you stick with the word, then the word will stick with you. And hallelujah, you can keep your healing because it is the will of God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's stand up. Amen. And so as we, as we close out, you know, we're able to pray for people again. Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Dave, uh, Leah, leave my, leave my altar team up here. And so anyway, as, as we're closing out, since we've been teaching on healing, how does faith come? Hearing the word of God. That means there's faith in the atmosphere for healing. And so if you've been diagnosed with something, or if something's been trying to attack you, have you been to a doctor and you've been praying to stand on the word and you want agreement, we're believers, we're anointed, we'll pray for you. And if the counterattack's tried to come back, and you're thinking, wow, boy, that was good, that's for me. Well, I'll tell you what. We can stand here right now to help you resist that thing and get it off of you. We can help you, but then when you leave, you've got to keep it by watching what you say. Amen? Amen. So anyway, we got it. If you need it, come and get it. You give life. You are love. You bring light. To the darkness you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only.
We're going to go ahead and close out the service tonight, but praise the Lord. What a good teaching, amen. I was just sitting there taking notes and notes and notes, and and I love that, man. We just keep telling you guys that we're laying this foundation now because the devil will try to come and throw something at you, and if the foundation's there, you are prepared before the storm ever even comes, amen. And so we stand on that. I want to remind you that, again, this weekend is going to be very busy. Uh, we've got the women's meeting on Friday night, 630, right over there in Victory Hall. Ladies, be there. And then uh, Sunday, we have our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen, here with us. Super excited about this. So make sure you're here for that. And, uh, and just be praying about what you can sow into their ministry as an offering as so we can send them back. They're getting ready to go back down to Central America and uh, we want to bless them good so they can uh, get back to work and get back to what they're called to do. Amen. And, of course, we want to be here to celebrate our soldier, Corey, who's getting uh, sent over there to Korea. So, again, let's give him a card or something like that just to let him know you love him. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close out tonight and be ready for this weekend. Amen. Who was blessed tonight? Yes. God is good. God is good. All right. Well, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow, and we will be ready. <laughs> All right, praise God. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you this weekend.